This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome to this month's journey through destinations yet uncharted, alternate universes where things in the world of professional wrestling went differently than the universe we live in today. Welcome to Through the Looking Glass. I am your co-host, Scott Criscolo. It is July. It is very warm today um, here in the northeast of, of uh, the United States. Um... My co-host got this weather back in January. I got about 90 degrees of it. Well, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, let me bring him in. He is one of my favorites ever. I was just complimenting him on being as great as he is. He is an OG of the family, the Thunder from Down Under. Good evening, morning, afternoon, Mr. Dave Hall. How are you? Uh, well, hello there. Uh, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, you're sweating it out, and I'm trying to keep warm. It's uh, it's a lovely winter's day down here in Australia. Now, as I've shared before, a winter's day in Australia, the sun's out, and uh, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful 19 degrees Celsius, which is just a very mild day. So, um, you know, our coolness is uh, no snow. You won't get it. You won't get snow near where I live. So, uh, no, we're yeah. we're having uh, we're doing well down here. My, uh, you know, it's uh, this time of the year in Australia. A lot of the uh, a lot of the kids are on school holidays, so I've spent the week trying to keep my two teenage sons from tearing each other apart and tearing the house <laughs> apart. So, you know, uh, it's uh, it's I've been I've been refereeing wrestling matches literally sometimes. So, uh, you're, you're your uh, own Nick Hebner. Earl Hebner. Well, for me, Dave, my winters you can change the Celsius to a Fahrenheit in my winters. So, <laughs> so. Um, uh, but yes, it, uh, it hit, uh, I think it hit the mid nineties today here in, uh, in Connecticut, in the, uh, Northeastern United States. Um, like right now it's in my time, it's about 20 to 10 at night on Thursday. You, I think it's what, about two ish in the afternoon, Friday. And it's still, yeah, it's still in the uh, low eighties in the evening. So I got the air cranking. Hopefully you don't hear it. If you do hear it in the background, I certainly apologize. Hopefully uh, we're coming through loud and clear. Um, life is good for me. Life is good for Dave. We love doing this show. Please follow us, place to be.podbean.com. Please follow us on uh, Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. Uh, we, uh, we do something every day. I think of you, Dave, when I do this, doing a few little plugs before we dive into tonight's subject. But um, we, uh, I do something on, the, uh, on, the Twitter that, uh, on our Twitter that I wish. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys. It's called Wrestling Time Travel. Kind of fitting, Dave, uh, to what you and I do here on the show. Because if you and I change uh, history in another universe, I'm just bringing people through time. I do mm. wrestling time travel. So every day, uh, I go back through history to the six big promotions, North American promotions throughout history, which would be the WWF slash E, WCW, ECW, TNA slash Impact, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. And I go through those six promotions. I don't do AEW. There's just not enough years for it to matter. Um, and I don't do, like, you know, newer newer stuff either. 
somebody said, how come you don't do GCW? It's very hard to do GCW shows because <laughs> they don't they don't have a documentation of it. But anyway, um, and we go back through history and and uh, um, and I put a list of the shows that happened on this day. I know a lot of people who have who have messaged me saying uh, you 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 help me pick what I want to watch today on like Peacock or any of my streams, whether it's Impact Plus or, you know, whatever, or New Japan World or whatever. I appreciate that. That's that's cool. That's I'm glad that, that people use it as kind of a reference point. Oh, wow, this happened today. As a matter of fact, Dave, on this date that we're recording, we can break the fourth wall. We're recording on, on thir- well, for me, it's Thursday, July 13th. For you, it's Friday, July 14th. But uh, on this date, July 13th was Bash at the Beach, 1997, which is fitting because it's around that timetable of history that is our subject this evening. That's right. That's and right. Uh, so there were some other shows. Actually, there were no WWE shows on this date, July 13th. It was, if uh, what was it? It was, there was a Heat Wave 96. Uh, I think it was, I think it was uh, uh, Bash at the Beach 97. Uh, Evolve's 10th anniversary show in 2019. I think there was an Impact show too. It might have been. Maybe it was Destination X or Victory Road or one of those shows. I think it was Victory Road 08 or something. I don't know. Anyway, the one that strike that sticks out at me tonight uh, is that on this date was Bash at the Beach um, 1997 because that window of history is where we are going through the looking glass tonight to another universe where something big didn't happen in the history of World Championship Wrestling. Dave, why don't you set the stage for us? Well, it is interesting that uh, today's date is uh, is the 97 Bash at the Beach because I'd like to take us back one year. It's it's actually, I was working in that say it's 27 years since Bash at the Beach 96. Yes. And, and, and Bash at the Beach 96 really is, I think, a turning point in the landscape of professional wrestling like worldwide it it really the the events of bash at the beach 96 really transitioned the industry um it took the wcw in a in a whole new direction which we will talk about shortly and and the ramifications of that i think directly led to vince mcmahon changing his approach to so the WWF, which which led to the uh, the development of, of of Austin and and Mankind Rock, and so right. so I I think if you didn't have Bash at the Beach '96, the wrestling industry as we know it would be a very different place, and, and we might touch on that a little bit later on the show. But but if you if you're not picking up our drift, obviously, as I said, 27 years since Hulk Hogan came out at Bash at the Beach. As the third man with uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall defeating the WCW trio of Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger, and ushering in the era of the New World Order. Um, a massive, massive time period, massive, massive change. I remember, um, as I've shared multiple times, we didn't get WCW programming on our televisions at that point in 96. I had been completely reliant on the Aptomags uh, for my WCW uh, knowledge for, for many years. But 96 was the the, the blossoming, the, the real, I think, I, I, I see 95, 96 as the real advent of the the internet age, the, the internet wrestling age, being that you could jump online, you could get up to the minute, go to websites and read 
you know, within an hour of the show, read the the reviews of the shows. And so I remember jumping online and and following following these events in the lead up to Bash at the Beach '96. Um, a couple of the websites I would read, I would be following these these events. I remember when when Nash and Hall first turned up at um. Yeah, I had known, I had seen that they had they had left WWF at the time, and uh, and they were coming in. But that storyline be, became riveting, and I remember waiting for the reviews of Bash at the Beach to come online so I could see what happened. And I, I remember my pure shock at at seeing that Hogan had come out as the third man and and turned heel. And um, yeah, big big uh, big change in in the direction of of everyone him and the company as i said and yeah massive where were you did you see this live scott is this is this a, a pay-per-view that you saw live was it something that you was on your i mean it was on everyone's radar but was it something that you've been following closely uh in the build-up believe it or not dave uh i actually did watch this pay-per-view live i did indeed watch it live i don't know what interested me in it well, I mean, I loved obviously it's wrestling. Uh, my and I think I mentioned this in past um, past episodes. My fandom in the mid '90s kind of bounced around. I was when I was a kid, uh, as as we've mentioned in the past in the '80s. I my um, fandom was split between two promotions for two different reasons. I was obviously growing up in Connecticut. I was a huge uh, WWF fan because I'm in the wheelhouse. And I loved all the baby faces. I totally, as Scott Keith would say, drank the Kool-Aid. And I was I was a fan of the Orange Goblin, as uh, Scott Keith used to call him. Um, however, Saturday nights at 6.05, I would put on T, uh, TBS, and I was all in on the Four Horsemen. I was loved Crockett, and I loved all the heels. I would appreciate a guy like Dusty Rhodes later on in my life. But as a kid, I liked when the Horsemen beat the crap out of him. <laughs> I liked when uh, Ric Flair rubbed Ricky Morton's nose in the pavement. Like, I dug that stuff. But turn on the WWF I was a big baby face as the 90s dawned and I went through high school and I and I got into college and I was in college in the early in the early to mid 90s I um obviously I started to to wane a little bit on the WWF 93 94 not my strongest wheelhouse of WWF history Uh, I was watching some WCW more I was definitely watching ECW because I think all college kids who who wanted something different particularly when it was on in my neck of the woods, it was on at, you know, two o'clock in the morning on MSG, on the MSG network, local New York station. Uh, and I get home, you know, fairly drunk uh, <laughs> watching um, some guy fall off a, a, a top turnbuckle and the whole crowd chanting, you fucked up. It was very different for, uh, for he, he was but, He was probably drunk too. <laughs> oh, Jesse Smith probably. Well, he thought he was Italian, so I don't know. Anyway, um, but I did get, I did have some interest because I did watch the Nitro from May when 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 Scott Hall walked through the crowd uh, during the Steve Dahl Mike Enos match I think that's what it, I think it was. I knew it was Mike Enos yes, pretty yes, sure it was Steve Dahl, Dahl. It was. yes um and was interested in the in the and I remember going to our friend's house and we bought we no question bought uh, Bash at the Beach so I watched this pay per view I didn't buy all the WCW. I didn't buy many pay-per-views back then because I was, you know, I was just starting in the workplace, so I was fairly broke. So I, it was I wasn't buying a ton of pay-per-views in the mid to late '90s. Uh, I started going over to my friend's house. I used to kick money in and we'd get food and stuff. That was starting in late mid to late '98. But we would pick and choose our pay-per-views back in the day, and we definitely bought this one. And uh, I don't think I watched the WCW pay-per-view again until Starcade '97. 
But but um, I remember very vividly, very vividly. Now I didn't I didn't guess that Hogan was going to turn heel, but I remember at the peak of the match when everybody was out and all of a sudden Hogan's walking down. I'm thinking something's not right. I said that. I didn't say he was turning heel. I didn't say that. But I'm like, why isn't he more like excited? He's just kind of walking down, very sullen. He's not high-fiving anybody. He's not giving that look. I'm like, something's not jiving. Something's not jiving here. He's not acting like Hulk Hogan. He's not doing the histrionics and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. He, you know, he casually tore his shirt. And I'm like, Some, something, ah, that's what it is. So I'm not going to say, Dave, I'm not going to pretend like I, you know, like I knew because I didn't. I'm not going to pretend. Some other people can say they knew and you know that they're probably full of shit. But <laughs> I <laughs> I just felt something weird going down when Hogan was walking down the aisle. Like he's not he's not pumped. He's not excited. He's not acting like Hulk Hogan. Something's weird. That wasn't me saying, oh, man, he must be the bad. He must be the third man. I didn't say that at all. Um, what about you, Dave? Did you watch it? I don't know if you watched it live, but did you think the same thing I did? I'm curious what our listeners think. Did anybody just I'm not saying you looked at him and went "Oh, He's got to be the third man. It just if you look back and you watch that pay-per-view and you think to yourself, something just seems off with him walking down the ramp. Something's not right. Yeah. What, what, I, what were your thoughts? As I said, we, we we didn't get the we didn't get it live. We didn't get the coverage. I I found everything out online uh, on 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 internet sites. But I I know watching. I, I know. And so it, it, when I've seen the match, and I've seen the match a few times and watched the pay per view, I've always obviously had that color. I knew what was going to happen. So, but I I can see where you're coming from because he certainly he comes out with the 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 look uh the different look in his face in his eyes it was it was certainly not i mean i've just been um you know for for the chronoso um podcast over on the north south connection um you know uh-huh. tuning in every every fortnight um bunch of different people covering different matches and we're, we're moving through you know the chronological history of of the world wrestling federation pay-per-views and and tv specials um, we've just done WrestleMania four, and I covered the main event. And even when Hogan comes out uh, in the main event, and I've also covered the the Honky Tonk Man Savage match in in at Saturday's main event where he comes out. Uh, in each of those occasions, the way he comes to the ring to make the save for Savage or to back Savage up, he's got that bright eyed look to face, like I'm coming to the rescue, and he's looking around at the crowd and. You know he's huffing and puffing the way Hogan does when he's hot, psyching himself up, and and he and yeah he didn't come out that white bash at the beach. He he definitely came out in a different manner with a different mindset, and 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 obviously you know while he didn't necessarily well he didn't necessarily know because he wasn't on the booking committee, but then you've got Bobby the Heenan's classic gaff of which side is he on, which just didn't help. Anything no, that's true. Terrorists. That is very true, uh, though. Yeah, that Dusty trying true. to cover really quickly. Going, what are you talking about? But, but I mean, it didn't help. But yeah, it's um, he, his his demeanor coming out to the ring wasn't the classic Hogan coming out to make the save. Uh, so it's certainly it's certainly if you knew what you were looking for, 
you were paying close attention, you you would have seen at that point. You would have you would have seen where it was going. And look, the reality is in wrestling, how often does how often does someone else need to come to the ring when the you know how especially when the good guys like how often does a good guy come to back up other good guys when the match is still going and they have a numerical advantage. Uh, that's that that was always the other thing that bothered me. It's not like you know it's not like uh, you know it was a it was like two on one and you know Nash and Hall just doing a beat down on one guy. It was you know the numbers were still in WCW's favour. So it just yeah, there are little elements of it, but uh, look the reality is it was I don't don't think anyone would have predicted that was going to happen five minutes before he came out. No, I don't think so either. And that's one of the things we're going to discuss tonight, because obviously what what would happen is we would get one of the greatest, you know, factions of all time uh, in the New World Order. The coolest T-shirt, great music, um, obviously beaten into the ground and, you know, would ultimately lead to the demise. I think the faction as a whole and some of the things at the end would ultimately lead to the demise of, uh, of WCW. But tonight we're going to we're going to go through the looking glass down another portal to another universe where two things. Number one, if not Hulk Hogan, then who? And then number two, we're going to discuss what if there was no NWO at all? What if we're in an alternate universe where WCW was just business as usual through the Attitude Era? Where? Because now that I think about it, Dave, the more we talk, the more the ripple effect is. Yeah. If WCW stays how the way it is and doesn't dive into them, well, Nitro would still be going on. Is there a Monday Night War? Does WWF change their their edge? Do, does ECW stick around? Like what? It, it's it's more than just oh WCW's creative. No, it's a lot. Yeah. And we're really going to jump into that tonight. So where would you like to? We got a big smorgasbord oh, here. So what we, would do, like to start we do. We do. Well, let's let's have a look. Let's 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 hit it from the start. Like like we said, you know, Hogan is the third man. We all know that. But what if it was someone else? We know that B- Bischoff is on record. He 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 developed this angle. Uh, was really keen for it. Uh, great way to utilize Hall and Nash and 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 their role and their presence. And and so building to Bash at the Beach, it was. Who is going to be the third man? And there were rumors running rampant through the industry at the time, through through the websites, through through you know fan pages and stuff like that of who might be the third man. And I just thought we might touch on a few of those those rumors uh, and uh, and and consider whether they would have worked as the third man, and and if they did come in, what that might have quickly looked like. And I I think the first place to start. Is um we'll touch on you know the, the the big name that was being put out there that I remember that was out of contract or his contract was certainly nearly up is Bret Hart. Um he was he was um you know he he'd obviously not competed in WWF since WrestleMania uh, that year he was um in contract renegotiations whether or not his contract was actually up at the point of bash at the beach or whether yeah that's all you know we don't all know that but Bret Hart was certainly a name that was being thrown around as third man and I think I don't think there's any wrestling fan from that time that wouldn't have heard that or thought that would Bret Hart have been 
um, of value? Would, would he have worked as the third man? What, what are your thoughts? So, would, would Bret Hart have worked as the third man? Um, no. And the reason I say that is there had to there there had to be a certain level of charisma to carry um that role on television for for as long as it did. And unfortunately that was not Bret Hart's strong suit. Uh being the best now unless Hall and Nash were the ones doing the talking. Now, here's an interesting dynamic. Bret Hart could be the third man, but if he is, is Kevin Nash the ringleader? Is he the the, the mouthpiece? Because clearly he and Scott Hall could could are were much better promo cutters than Bret Hart was. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart would, would have been like the 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 guy that could just injure people. I think if Bret Hart was the third man, I think the NWO would have been a different group. I don't think they would have been called the NWO. They would have been called something else. And I don't think they would have had the global effect, particularly in mainstream, that Hogan turning heel. People knew who Brett was, but Brett had only been a heel. Brett had been a heel in his career in mainstream, um, mainstream wrestling television and, and, uh, during the, the the beginning of the Federation era, you know, he was a heel till what, eighty eight, I guess, for for a good four years. You know, he, he and Jim Neidhart, the Anvil, were the Hart Foundation, and they were bad guys. They won the world title, they won their tag titles, they they held the tag belts throughout a decent hunk of nineteen eighty seven as heels. So it's not so it would not have been something totally fresh. However, maybe to a new audience, it would have been a little fresh. Having said that, I think the dynamic would have been a little different, and I think maybe Kevin Nash would have been more of the mouthpiece of the NWO or whatever this faction would have been called than Brett. Brett being the third man is cool because he could cut promos saying, just because I'm here doesn't mean that, just because I left WWF doesn't mean I actually like being here. You're just the only ones left that were dumb enough to pay, that were that fell for my ploy of being paid or yabba, 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 or, you know, I just feel like Brett did not, would not have had that sachet of a personality to be the leader. Now, could he have been the third man? Yes. But would he have been the face of the faction? No. I think the face of the faction would probably have been, have been Kevin Nash. So, so Hmm. Brett being the third man is fine, but he would not have been the mouthpiece because that's just not his strongest suit, and I don't think he would have been able to put it over as good as a Kevin Nash would have. What do you think? It, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, – some interesting thoughts you've put out there. Um, I, I'm not sure I completely agree, and, and, okay. and, and I say that because if you look at what Bret Hart did 12 months later with the Hart Foundation – I think he demonstrated there that he had the ability to talk people into into the ring to to put across the concepts and and to be an effective heel leader on the microphone. I think it all comes down to presentation, and I think if 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 Bret Hart came in as the third man, number one, it it keeps the the. I think it works because it keeps the concept of 
elite players in the WWF. You had Nash, you had Hall, and in comes Bret Hart, the former world champion. So uh, uh, in a playing field concept, he, he, he fits that elite level. He's seen as a top-tier guy. And, when, and, and in ring, um, at that point, without peer. And so I, I can really picture him being the guy that they leaned on from an in-ring perspective with WCW being that more in-ring product. And I had been to that point. I, I certainly, though, I think I agree with you that he would have, they would have relied more on Nash and Hall to be the mouthpieces. And you could almost, I could almost picture Brett being the focal point from a wrestling standpoint. I agree but, with you on that. But I agree Nash with you on that, totally. Nash and Hall... National Hall almost talking for almost Brett just sort of standing behind them, almost using them as shields. You know, like I don't need to talk. I'm the best. They can talk for me. They're going to protect me. Um, it creates a different dynamic. And and I, I could picture, you know, if they did bring Brett in, they would have, I think they would have had to have put him in as the as the guy who takes the title. I can picture him beating the giant, but beating him with, you know, at, at the next pay-per-view, but beating him with the help of Hall and Nash, like almost a three-on-one and Brett takes it. And then from there, it's Nash and Hall talking, doing the talking, you know, we, we, we'll take on anyone, we'll take on everyone. And Brett just standing there, title over his shoulder, um, you know, throwing in a couple of two cents here and there, but really letting letting the charisma of Hall and Nash stand out. And, and, and Brett, you know, being the guy having these matches against the Stings and the Lugers and the Ric Flairs and the, you know, you know the the you know the the lesser tier guys, you know, Randy Savage, we get some of those matches that we would have loved to have seen. I think I think it would have worked, but I do agree that I don't know that it would have had the same mainstream impact. I think Brett um, doesn't carry the mainstream appeal that uh Hogan definitely did and not and 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 National Hall didn't carry that mainstream appeal they were they were getting WWE fans looking but the mainstream media they caught on to Hogan as the uh as the man as this this long-term face of wrestling that yes. had that had done the switch so I think Brett would have worked I think they would have um it would have forced a different approach from an in-ring perspective. And I think Brett would have, yeah, I think Brett would have used National Hall more at, like I said, as shields and as and as protectors for him. Um it very much you getting that old school, almost that horseman dynamic when when Flair in the in the late 80s, we, we talked about the horseman before, would use Tully and Arm would come in and make the save and 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 lay a beat down on, and matches would end in DQ. I, I could see that happening um, with with Hart in the role, but I think at least from a from an industry perspective, it would have it would have uh, been accepted. I, I don't think uh, it would have been looked down upon. I think it would have got some uh, WWF fans going, "Oh my goodness, Brett's there now too." So I've got. Diesel, I've got Razor and I've got Brett. I, I, why wouldn't I want to watch them take over the company? And I think they would have kept the yeah, kept that concept of they're coming in to take over it. It certainly would have. Yeah, to my mind, it's feasible. I don't think it's as big. I don't think it's as 
solid, but it's certainly um, plausible. Uh, and and how he gets used, following on from that, um, has a lot of play on the outcome of the angle. But I don't think it will last it as long either. I think eventually, you know, it there it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have had the the longevity that it did. Right. So, yeah. That that's my thoughts. That's my okay. thoughts on. Um, I don't. Uh, I like the concept of Brett hiding behind the two big dudes. I like that thought. I just, I don't know. I mean, I love Brett. Don't get me wrong. And I don't want this being a, this is not a Brett Hart bashing. So let I don't, I don't want anyone to feel I am because I love Brett. But I just, the mainstream thing would have been hard. I just don't think, I don't think um, he had that sachet that Hogan did to be able to cross over to the mainstream. And I think that was a big part of what Bischoff wanted as part of the NWO and to get WCW mainstream, because that was ultimately what was battling with the WWF was the, uh, was the, the, the mainstream situation and, and going to having a flamethrower like Turner and TBS and TNT. And I don't know if Brett would have, what would have welcomed that with open arms. I'm that I, I just can't, uh, sorry, Dave, I just can't wrap my head around that, but I do like, but I do like the, kind of crippler thing with, uh, no pun intended, but of being a guy that could just hurt people and and using, uh, you know, Hall and Nash's kind of muscle. I also don't know if the NWO or whatever the faction would have been called would have grown to the ridiculous levels it did because I don't think every baby face would have got the crap beat out of it. I think it would have nah. been a different, I think it would have been a very different type of heel faction where we would have still had more baby faces. And not every storyline would have would have um had to do with them that i think too all right well let me let me throw this name out there now okay um now this one i remember this name being thrown around at the time but it was completely implausible because he was definitely under contract because he was the reigning WWF champion. But I remember a name being thrown around of Shawn Michaels as the third man. Now, as ridiculous as it sounds, we've just talked about he, he and Brett would fit a very similar perspective. They are they are top guys in WWF coming in, and 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 Shawn had the relationship with with National Hall. If if it was Shawn, and like I said, if he was under contract, it wouldn't have been, but it was a rumor. If it was Shawn. Would that have been a better fit than Brett? Yes. Yeah. You know what you needed? Here's the thing, Dave, and I feel like I don't want to tip some of your other uh, some of our other options we'll mention in a little bit. There needed to be some kind of legit sleaziness to to the role of face of the NWO. Uh, you couldn't just be a bad guy. You had to be kind of a scumbag. And Hogan played a great scumbag. And I think Sean would have been an, almost an even better scumbag because in real life they both were kind of scumbags in the <laughs> at that time. Yeah. So I definitely think I definitely think that uh, um, Sean would have been a great a great choice for. Um, for a uh, for a leader, because he had the 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 charisma, 
he had the promo skills. He was a good baby face, but he could be just as good of a of a piece of shit. And I feel like we almost kind of got that with DX. Because I think a mm. lot of people probably thought to themselves, geez, if... Because there were a lot of rumblings that, that Sean wanted to leave. And then mm. it ended up being Brett leaving in 97. But by then, Hogan was firmly entrenched, obviously, as the boss. So that wasn't yeah. But had Sean left and they did go to the NWO, or he did go to WCW, and he ended up being the third man... Um. I think both companies would have been very different. Um, I think both companies would have been would have been very different. Uh, um, because I think Sean being in WCW would have been very uh, unique um, for him. And I think if he was a guy that's like, I'm only here to take your money. I mean, I don't really give a shit about any of you stupid hillbillies i don't do you think i'm here because i want to beat the wwf no i just want to make a lot of money and then i'm going to go back there because you know they're, they're better than you so like i think that the i still think the 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 war between the two companies would have been would have been um uh, would have always been a something in the making just because that was Bischoff's obsession. So having Sean at the face of it, I think would have been actually pretty great uh, because he does have that level of sleaze scumbagness that I think would have put over the faction, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. Plus, it's the click. Shit, they'd have called it the click. Yeah. Yeah. So you're and looking I, at three guys who legitimately love each other as family. And I got to tell you, Dave, that may cause a bit of a, you know, I think eventually X-Pac would have definitely gone. And, and, and listen, let me tell you something. Say the same thing happens. They all leave. The curtain call happens. Triple H is by himself and he's eating the plates of shit. After the curtain call, he loses his shot at this King of the Ring. Stone Cold ends up winning King of the Ring. Maybe he says, you know what, Vince? Go fuck yourself. I got my friends. I'm going there. And the entire click goes to WCW. Now, there's something completely different <laughs> that's, yeah. that we haven't even thought about. Mm. You've got the click in the South, where they're all fucking hated anyway, probably. So now you've got a completely different dynamic. It's not just you know, three fake guys that were in WCW or whatever, you know, or and Hogan was treated poorly, blah, blah, blah. Now you've got five guys who everyone knows are best friends. This is not their company. And I think Bischoff would have probably ended up being a babyface. I don't think, I think Sean would have been like, no, Eric, mm. you're not in the click. Like Hogan liked having Bischoff mm. as his little pygmy. Yeah. I think Sean would have been like, nah, this ain't working. Nah. Sorry. That's it. I think I think the uh I think one of the keys there with Sean is that Sean in WWF was always viewed and always presented as slightly higher than Hall and Nash. He was he was Nash's buddy, but he had been ahead of Nash in the you know, in the pecking order when when Nash first came in was his bodyguard. Then they were friends, and then you know 
Michaels was beating Diesel, you know, on his way out. So Michaels had always been presented as probably the the dominant one of the three, a leader of the three of that group. And so coming in, he certainly would have fit that leadership role. Um, I, I certainly agree with you that uh, Bischoff I wouldn't have been able to be a part of it. And I think you throw in the impact, the political impact backstage that having the click there would have. I, I think where the impact of the end of of Michael's being the third man long term would be felt is that I think a lot of the behind the scenes issues would get played out on camera. And then, you know, I don't know that Bischoff could have controlled these guys in the long run. No. And then how and then how do you play it? How do you play Michaels Hall Nash and 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 Waltman? You, you, I mean, he was coming and he was on his way. We know he came only a couple of months later. So Waltman was on his way too. Right. So how do you play the political figure with those four and then trying to juggle the ego of Hogan and Savage and then the long-term WCW guys of Sting and Luger and, and Flair? Um, I think I think it would have there would have been some significant issues that would have developed. I think it would have helped garner a bit of uh, publicity. Um, I think in the long run, the, the, the war would have I think you could have had a war. I think it would have really come across as a war, but it would have it would have been a war that was happening both on screen and behind the scenes um, in a major way. And uh, I, I don't know if that would have been in the long term interests of the company. Um, I think that it would have created a lot of turmoil that may not have been able to to be overcome and possibly would have led to the downfall of the company earlier, sooner rather than later, because in the end, whose ego gets massaged? We know the click had a massive ego. We know Michael's had a massive ego, especially 96, 97. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. and, if he's, and if he's in WCW, he's not wrestling in a casket match against The Undertaker and he's not injuring his back. So therefore, he's not, gonna, he's not getting forced retirement in, in, in January 98. Yep. So, you know, Michaels is is around. He's he's gonna be playing his games. The the click are gonna be wanting their way or the highway. And then Hogan's got creative control. I just in the end, something would have had to have given. And I, I don't think it would have worked politically long term, but I think the impact in the moment would have been bigger. I, I think you would have got a lot more eyes from the WWF in. I think you would have had people going, Oh my goodness, look at they're all there. Um, you know, so yeah, I think it, it, it's an interesting one. As I said, we know it would never have happened because Michaels was under a lot of contract and he was the champion, but it was definitely a rumor out there. So let's yep. have a look at a couple of other ones, maybe not to the same level. Here, here I'm going to throw a couple of names out. These are names, like I said, these were names being thrown around at the time. Davy Boy Smith. The British Bulldog was thrown around as a potential third man. H- how does that sit with you, Scott? <laughs> that would not. That would have been awful. <laughs> Once again, you have a guy who has been a heel before. Um, so I think the 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 novelty of him being a bad guy was not there. He'd only just turned heel in WWF. He'd only just in the last that twelve is, months. That is true. That, no, that that is true. That is true. Um. 
I don't know if he would have been a good face of the company. I think the the British accent, I think, would have gotten in the way. I think he'd have been fine as a complimentary player in the NWO, but I don't know if um, um, he would have been a good front man. So my answer to that would have probably been, nah, I think that would have been, I don't think that would have worked. What do you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, look, if he was to come out in the moment as the third man, I certainly think there would have been a bit of, oh, my goodness, it's it's Davey Boy Smith. It's the British Bulldog. Um, you know, he comes out, power slams a couple of guys, but then, then, then it really, the whole angle then just is in the long run is going to fall onto onto Hall and Nash because the the thing about Davey is as as much as I I, I long term I love the British Bulldogs love the Heart Foundation I've always was always a, a fan of Davey Boy but he doesn't have the charisma or the in ring ability of 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 Brett of Sean um, he definitely doesn't have the charisma and um, and and Mike skills that Hogan had. Um, Davy Boy would have to would, would fall into the role of he'd have to fall in the role of Nash and Hall's backup, uh, and that's all he'd ever be Nash and Hall's backup. And so then the angle has to rely on Hall and Nash uh, on their own. And, and and as good as they were, I don't know that it ever would have had the impact if it was just the two of them. Playing the the, the 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 they were they were big name guys they were top guys but there was you know there was always you know can can two guys really bring about the chaos that that they were able to do with three uh, bulldog bulldog would have he would have been nothing more than a, a lack, he he would have ended up playing the role that that a that a Scott Norton or a Buff Bagwell ended up doing you know. Comes into the ring, does matches, but you 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 know really you, you're not going to give him the mic to try and talk it in. Uh, it doesn't have the name power or the name value to to. I, I think in the moment would have certainly caught everyone's attention, but long term it, it would have, it wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah, what what do you do with him once he's the third man? Where do you go from there? You know, he's he's not he's not going to be vying for the world title. He's not going to be vying for the U.S. title, really. Do, do, does he team with with Hall while Nash goes for the for the main belt? Um, Davy Boy was always best as a tag team wrestler. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You you could rely on him to to work the tag division, but that just isn't going to be. And, and and that's the role Hall and Nash sort of played. They were the, they were running the tag division, but they weren't in there to run the tag division. They were they were doing a lot of other chaotic things with top name guys. Bulldog couldn't have carried that. No, no, he couldn't have. I agree. All right. Well, let, let's go with the fun one. This is the one everyone who's listening has been waiting for this name to come out because uh, it was rumored. Uh, I've heard Bischoff talk about. I've heard Bischoff's podcast where he's talked about even the rumors of of this guy and how how, how they ever came about. He doesn't know because he said he never even had a conversation with this guy. But it was out there, and and if anything, was probably the most uh, the name that guys like Dave Meltzer were throwing around as the most realistic possibility 
of the third man, and that is none other than Mabel. Men on a mission, Mabel. Bring <laughs> up him wrapped to the ring. Oh, can you can you picture him trying to lumber to the ring as the third man? <laughs> oh my god. That would have been absolutely terrible. <laughs> I'm just picturing I'm just picturing it. Yeah, out, out he comes and, and, and Chevronny's like, look, who is that? That's that's and they wouldn't be able to say Mabel. What are they gonna Nelson Night Nelson? It's Nelson! And, and and Bobby Bobby just looking at literally Bobby just going who who is that guy? Oh dear, I dear. Uh, is that your brother Dusty? No. Oh. That's just oh god. Terrible. Terrible. I I just don't see how he could even fit. With he doesn't he doesn't fit with Nash and Hall. He wasn't a top guy in the WWE. No, he, he wasn't. He 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 was never any good on the microphone. Nope. His his in ring skills are, are beyond abysmal. I mean, are you are you truly bringing in not yeah Bash of the Beach '96? We are twelve months removed from what had to have been the worst ever match in wrestling history at that point and possibly ever at SummerSlam, you know, SummerSlam 95, Diesel versus Mabel. Yep. Is there, would you want to bring in someone who is known to be a bad wrestler? I, I just can't see it, it working in any way. He would have just been another heel. Hmm. He would have just been another bad guy and nobody would have cared. Nobody would have cared. He would have just been mid-card guy. Maybe he could have joined the faction sometime later. Um, you know, sometime later, once it was established and they needed another, you know, big guy. But, but this is just this is just no. If, if no. you had if if you had kept the premise, and I know they the, the initial premise being presented was the NWO was initially it was it was WWF invasion. That's how they were presenting it. While while we know that's not where they went, that was certainly how they were implying that National Hall were invading. And Hogan fit that image. He he was one of he was one of WWF's top guys. Yeah, DBRC comes in. X pup comes, six pup comes in. So these guys, if you were keeping the concept of X WWF guys only, then yeah, like you said, you could bring him in at that, you know, as sort of the sixth or seventh guy as as just another another invader. But uh, if he'd come out at Bash at the Beach, I think the crowd would have would have shit on the match. They 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 would have turned on it instantly and not in a good way. Totally. No, it would have it would have been absolutely it would have been dreadful. It would have been absolutely dreadful. Um Yeah, no, I, I just I'm trying to figure it out, but it would have been it would have been pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean I don't I don't think there's any there's really no reason for us to be able to sugarcoat it, Dave. It would have been it would have been terrible. Um and I just he would end up just being mid-card fodder, and the whole thing would have just just 
been the drizzling shits. <laughs> it's it's just it's just pretty Absolutely. much what it what it would have come down to. So all right. Well let's 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 go down the other path then. Let's go down the path of the what has become well known as the backup. Uh Eric Bischoff's backup to Hulk Hogan. Uh if Hogan if Hogan decided he wasn't going to do it, uh, it is well known that Bischoff had already spoken to Sting as as his backup, as the guy that would turn if Hogan didn't. How would that have worked? It, would, would that have would that have been a viable? Ha, no, I, I, let me tell you, I'm going to re, reword this question because I, I honestly think it would be viable. He was he was the top face of of WCW, it would have had a, it would have had an impact. Um, how do you see it playing out if if it if it had been Sting? How do you see it playing out? Well, let me think because. Here's the thing with Sting. God, I wish Nate Milton was here. Um, Sting is very good at a lot of things. And Sting can cut some really good promos. And the one thing, the one thing that Sting had, that even Hulk Hogan didn't have, is that he was the face of that company. He he was to WCW what pretty much like The Undertaker was to the WWF. Uh, immovable. This was his company. So... Um... Had he turned his back on WCW and joined this faction, I think it would have had ramifications far beyond what the company ended up being anyway. Nobody wanted to like Hogan anyway, so it was a natural progression for him to be the bad guy and be anti-WCW. But when the guy who's the face of the company, the face of the brand, the guy that's been there since 1987 and has never vacillated, Dave, as the guy that all the kids loved. He was the he was he was the ultimate warrior without the baggage. Yeah. And it would have been epic to see him stand in front of that ring and go, I just don't care about any of you anymore. I sit here and I slave and I bust my tail and I get my ass kicked by all these guys over the years and we're still number two. I don't want to be number two anymore. I want to be number one. And if that means that I just got to leave all of you fans in the dust, because you're fairly useless to me, so be it. Mm. These guys came here because they want to make money. And guess what? 
I want to make money. And this place always treated me worse. I'm always got the short end of the stick. I'm always the one who, you know, I'm always the one who has to support other guys. Nobody supported me. I had to do the supporting. And I'm the one that trusts people. I'm brought in the Lex Lugers. And I brought in the, and in the end, I'm the one that usually got boned. Well, guess what? The days of me being everybody else's doormat is over. I'm going to take what's mine in this company. And none of you little crappers are going to stop me. I don't trust anybody in this company anymore. I don't trust that fat bastard Dusty Rhodes. I don't care about Eric Bischoff or Tony Stupid Shivani or any of these other idiots that have been sitting around pretending to like me because I was their gravy trained. Like, he could have gone on this whole tirade, Dave, Mm. about how you all used me. You're all users. And I didn't get squat out of the deal. I just became used. It's it's just that that is I'm just picturing that promo the way you let, let me sit like that promo you just delivered. Imagine it on the back of this. So so we we've got our match playing out. Hall and Nash versus Sting, Savage, and Luger. We don't have anyone leaving the match injured. You know, Hall and Nash have their dominant period, like every tag match would have. Anyway, you get the comeback, WCW comeback, and here's you know, maybe the maybe you've had a ref bump, and here's Luger. He's got Hall up in the rack, and maybe Savage and Nash are fighting on the outside of the floor, and Sting is trying to revive the referee, and and you know, you know, clearly Hall is submitting. Everyone can see it. Nash has got him. Nash puts him down for a minute, and as Nash puts him down, Sting stands up and grabs. Uh, Luger from behind and drops him with a scorpion death. What what becomes the scorpion death drop? The first time we see this move, he drops him down as the ref is waking up. He puts Hall on top of Luger. They get the pin, and he stands there with with Hall and Nash. Does the promo that you've just laid out? The you know you guys have done nothing for me. I played second fiddle. Hogan came in, got the title shots. I deserved. Savage came in, got the title shots that I deserved. Luger, you came in. I backed you and I supported you, and I got nothing but trouble for it. And I want, I want what's mine. I want what's mine. And so you go next month. He steps in the ring with the giant. He beats the giant for the title at at Hog Wild, and then you start to build. Then Hogan can come back, and he wants his shot. And and Sting, whether it be at Starcade or Halloween Havoc or wherever you want to do it, Sting one-on-one against Hogan. Sting is the heel, and Sting beats Hogan. I was going to say clean. We don't want it clean because he's a heel, but he needs to get the win. And Sting is continually being pushed. And, again, you could utilize Hall and Nash as the mouthpieces, and DiBiase comes in, he's the money man. And all Sting ever has to do is these little things, you know. You know, I'm I'm the number one guy, and you know, yeah, the, the world. This company revolves around me now, or, or yep. even better, this, I'm working for this company now, the NWO. We, they they have got my back. This is about me and getting me everything I deserve in this business in this industry, and no one is going to stop me. And he and he runs rampant from for months and months, and then. 
you know, whether whether you you know whether you do it as as Hogan, and maybe you don't do Hogan straight away. Maybe you hold off, and Hogan becomes the savior. Heaven forbid, Hogan becomes the long term savior of of WCW, or whether it be that we wait until we've built up Goldberg. Yeah, no, that 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 came, and I'm obviously thinking ahead. Like Sting just does the the dominance. He 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 battles Luger, he battles Savage. It just takes everyone down, and then you get the the um you get the natural development of Goldberg. That the lightning in the bottle moment comes, and then you can build to Goldberg being the one to dethrone Sting. And and start to turn the momentum back to WCW. I, I think it would have been a fantastic storyline. I mean, TNA kind of did that with the main event mafia, but by then, I mean, obviously, Sting was older. Their bloom had kind of fallen off the rose and that kind of thing. But I think Sting and Goldberg would have made great business together. Mm. And the one thing about Sting that Bischoff should have realized, uh, Dave, you could trust him to do business. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I he think the, the Starcade ninety seven. Well, it would have more been probably Starcade ninety eight. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Sting I mean, Sting, Sting as Sting as a heel was it? It would have been such a unique thing, like like it was for Hogan. It was such a unique thing you could have run with it, and I could almost see Sting. I, I'm seeing ties to the way. Um, the way Roman Reigns has become as the as the head of the as the head of the table, the the tribal chief concept. And while it's a different concept, you, you've got this idea of Sting stepping up and going, "I'm the guy, I'm the player, I'm number one," and everyone else is is he works at everyone else and he manipulates. Yeah, in the end, it looks like he's actually manipulating Hall and Nash and and getting them to do what he wants. He plays them more than. Hall and Nash playing everyone else. You know, he he's brought them in to help him. You, know, you you could play it in this in this longer term story that you you could see it playing in a similar sort of role of of Sting just becoming this dominant player for so long, waiting for the right person to come along to dethrone him, and everyone waiting for that right person who I, I reckon would have ended up being Goldberg. But I think it would have been money. I think. I think it would have had the same. They could have done a lot of what they did because of who Sting was. They could have done the 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 invasion concept that we're taking over new company. DBRC is the money man. Uh, their own things. You probably could have done it and not needed to bring Bischoff into it. Um, but even if Bischoff wanted to do it, you still that would have fit as well because you know it really plugging Sting into that role. Um, I think would have had just as just as big an impact because of who Sting was. In fact, maybe even slightly bigger because, as you said, as we said before, there was an element of the fans that the WCW fans weren't all accepting of Hogan. He didn't have all the adoration of all the WCW fans. There were a lot of people that didn't like him, and and but Sting was adored by all. And if Sting had turned. It would have had a bigger impact on the audience than I think Hogan turning. Hogan turning has a has that big effect of who he was in the industry. Sting turning would have affected more younger fans, I think. Yes, 
I agree. And just imagine all those kids from back in the day who had the face paint, who, you know, little stingers and, and that whole thing. Like, that was just... That was just perfect for him to say. And as for you little kids, listen, you still want to wear my shirts? You still want to paint your face? Feel free. It's just going to cost you a little more money. Actually, a lot more money. But even the even transforming, like like transitioning then, like the whole crow face paint, the black and white face paint, if he'd gone, if he'd gone to be the face of the NWO, how fitting that face paint would have been as a part of the change of image to, to take over that black and white element. The it, it would have been an NWO look. And, Correct. Uh, it would have, it would have been it would have just been fantastic. He could have, I mean, talk about creating a new, you know, like a new persona and finding a way to. get in the head of WCW as a whole. Like, they would have been absolutely bushwhacked by... How, how, do, we, how do we respond to this? Like, you know, here's, here's Bobby Heenan, who's told us for years that Hogan was a selfish scumbag. So we all should have realized that Hogan was only here to use us. But with Sting... Where do you get the logic, Dave Hall? Where's the logic? You want to talk about being absolutely befuddled, and that just sticks in your craw, whether you're a fan or an announcer or a ref or any way you want to write it. You completely befuddle the audience. Why, Sting? We know why Hogan would have done it, because he's a selfish prick. But why you, Sting? You've never been this way. Since when did you become so selfish? And then he, again, well, since this company never backed me up. I was only here to bring in other people to get ahead of me. You all used me. Because you thought I was the nice guy. Sting's not going to get pissed if we ask him to do this or, you know, take a bullet from Vader or whatever. Or get his, get his ass kicked by the horseman. Like, Sting's not going to get mad. He'll just do it. And eventually he could say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. This is about me. And all you little brats who are dumb enough to buy my shirts and buy my... Because you wanted to see me get my ass kicked. You're just as guilty. Make the kids feel like crap. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know, and, and where and where were you? Where were any of you when I was being attacked by the horsemen? Where were any of you where I was being beaten up by Vader? Where were any of you when when Hogan came in and took my title shot? You know, where none of none of you were there, and 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 it could turn it on. Where were you, Luger? Where were you, Savage, when I was being attacked? You guys didn't come out to help me either. I was always there for you. None of you were there for me, and Hogan. Yeah, you were the same, you know, and, and really, really pin it on Hogan, you know, you were the same. You came in and you used me, right? And I've had to sit here and watch it and 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 I've had enough. And now I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you, Hogan, to get to the to 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 fill my pockets. I'm going to beat you. 
I'm going to beat Savage. I'm going to beat Luger. I'm going to beat every single person in this company. We're going to drive this company into the ground, and the new world order is going to reign supreme. And then, uh, do we get like how far does it go? Not that we're going to like how far does it go with Sting? Um, you know, do we get to a point where? Um, you know, do we get to a point where uh, Sting eventually gets, um, you know, Sting eventually gets um, kicked out, gets taken over, and return babyface? That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I could see it as the arrogant like like i said i could see it playing similar to you could play it similar to to how the bloodline has gone where sting becomes the dominant force and be you know sees himself as the number one guy and then it's you know hall and nash you get in line or 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 you're out he boots them out of the nwo and 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 maybe has a match with them and beats them and and then you're waiting you're waiting for someone to come along to to beat him and like whether it be Goldberg or someone comes in or whether it be DDP or someone homegrown or it would have to be homegrown I think rises up beats Sting takes the title from him and and I think at that point Sting would need to go away for a little while once once that once that storyline's played out once he's beaten and vanquished he would need to go away for a little while and then you know, allow him to, to then he, he may, yeah, maybe he can come back. Yeah, then, then the crowd are yearning for him. You know, we want to see Sting back. When's Sting going to come back? And he could come back in as, as you know, to to help an old friend in, in a war game scenario or he could come back in as a, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the, 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 the turnaround at some point, you know, Someone gets challenged. Go find a partner, and and we'll meet you at you know we'll meet you at um at whatever pay per view it is, and and Sting is the mystery partner coming out to to, to battle the new the new big villain. Uh, you'd have to take send him away for a little while, right? Yeah, but it opens possibilities would sting now now here's the thing dave to stretch out here with steve borden and sting as a person is he the guy because remember ultimately and i mentioned this multiple times ultimately bischoff wanted to go mainstream he wanted to get the the wrestling out to the masses you know in his war with vince the only drawback is sting that guy see hogan was just so he understood the mainstream he did movies and vince got him out there so hogan understood that would Sting have understood that? Because we have to remember, this storyline goes beyond just the company. Mm. So what do you think? Does Can Sting do what, um, what Hogan did for the company, having Rodman and, and going on Leno and all that kind of stuff? Would, could Sting have been able to do that? That's, that's a really good question. Um, and I don't know. My, my first instinct is to say no. I don't think he has that. But I think 
if the storyline had been allowed to play out and if it was working and if it was drawing in publicity in a in the longer term it it might have been something they could have parlayed into but i don't think it would have been as soon you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have had people jumping on the bandwagon as quick as they did um but i i think it, it's certainly a sting sting is is the sort of guy that he he could do the the mainstream publicity well because he was well spoken and and without the face paint he's he's not you know he's not a bad looking guy he never you know he was always you know he, he always well spoken and well dressed and well presented um I think if if Bischoff the advantage that they they would have had is they've got they would have had Turner Media to draw on and and maybe Bischoff uh, could have could have utilized that as if the groundswell developed and they were getting you know they were getting an audience they were getting a rise in ratings they could certainly have have used that to to play into it but mm-hmm. I I don't know that it would have been as quick I don't know that they would have been able to get as much mainstream publicity as early on as they did uh, with with Hogan because just Hogan Hogan's name value came from um from before he was at WCW which which I think in the long run is why it worked why you know, if we get back to the original situation it's why Hogan works so well in that role of that that heel turn that no one saw because of he had been the face of wrestling and when you thought of wrestling you thought of Hulk Hogan in 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 the in the late 80s and the, and right through that that mid 90s even even though you know, he was in WCW and it wasn't as certainly wasn't as big as as he'd been in in WWF. You, any fan, you know, any 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 lay fan, any lapsed fan, any any fringe fan of wrestling, they knew who Hogan was, um, and not everyone knew who Sting was. Exactly, I think there was a little bit, but not like, not like. Hogan would have done so that's the only thing that would have that might have held back the sting choice was that maybe from a wrestling perspective inside the pro wrestling bubble I think it would have been very successful because I think all those years the little Nate Milton's of the world that love their stinger would have been just kicked in the teeth where Bischoff ultimately wanted to go mainstream I don't think they would have trusted that Sting could have branched out like that. Now, I might be wrong. Maybe he would have. But just historically, I feel like that I don't know if it would have. Hmm. You know, that's that's the tough one. And they, I, I mean, I've heard other names like DDP. That would not have worked. Um, not, not at that point. He, he, no. he, he hadn't come into his own yet. Yeah, I think the two best options that we've discussed tonight, other than Hogan, obviously, would have been Sean and Sting. I know you're a little higher on Brett than I am, but if not, we both acknowledge that Brett would have had Brett would have had his pitfalls. Uh, you and I have different opinions of his pitfalls, but pitfalls nonetheless. Hmm. Um. But I think the promo skills that we always felt 
when he was a babyface, Sting maybe fell just a little short, would have definitely stepped to the fore and stunned all of us if that was the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, out of nowhere. Yeah. So, no, I, I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah. So, so, so there we go. There we go, everyone. The third man. Uh, very, yeah, I, I think we've, we, we've had some interesting, uh, some interesting thoughts in that, uh, and, and some interesting possibilities in, in, in how that might have played out. Um, and I think we're all grateful. We're all grateful that, um, we didn't have Mabel as the leader of the NWO. Uh, I think Bischoff is grateful for that too. But, uh, <laughs> so. Um, before we move on to our uh, our next uh, our next uh, element for for this episode with more NWO c- considerations happening, um, Scott, anything anything to plug? Anything? Um, what, what's on the horizon? Where else can? Uh, what, what are some of the shows that are coming up that that you want to you want to just throw a couple of plugs out for? Well, of course. Uh... Listen, the PTB Wrestling Network, all reliable. We always have the best in 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 great wrestling content. Um, I want to I want to, and I think this is a guy, Dave. I'd like to have on our show sometime in the future. There's a guy that, and I really want to I really want to talk about him because I feel like he's he's forgotten uh, and sometimes not thought of. But my buddy Luke Jennings, who is the host of two shows, two weekly shows here on our network, the Continental Wrestling Memphis Wrestling Cast, which is every um, Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. And then the Monday Night Project, which drops every Monday morning at nine. It's two fantastic podcasts. One goes back to classic Memphis TV, you know, Jerry Lawler years, you know, late 70s into the early to mid 80s. And then Monday Night Project is a look back at Raw or pay-per-views in WWF history. And they bounce around. It's not chronological. And I really want everyone to really listen, listen to those shows. They're really good. Luke works very hard. He does a lot of, like, audio, and he puts in a lot of fun stuff. Um, They're really good. Again, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, that drops every Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. And then the Monday Night Project, which drops every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Sometimes it's at noon, but it's definitely every Monday. Um, Obviously, we have uh, the other news that's really – that has – you know, kind of note, everyone has kind of noticed on the feed is that we have um, uh, the return, although a different schedule, of NWA Crock and Roll. Sean Kidd is back. Uh, the show's a little different, but they're going to continue on their quest through the end of 1988. And we, we, we very much look forward to that. We're going to, you'll keep hearing that here on the network. It'll drop, it'll be on Fridays again, but it'll depend. You might be surprised. Uh, it won't fall, drop, obviously, in the Fridays that main events on, but um, uh, it, it, it's it's definitely back. So those are the things, Dave, I really – we all we have great shows all up and down the dial from the – obviously, the Mothership, the Place Be Podcast, to Place Be Nation's main event, to, you know, Highway to the Impact Zone, obviously, the NWA Saturday Special, um, you know, and all of the great shows we have here. Pod of Honor, me and Steve Willie, of course, this wonderful show, duh. Um and all the great stuff we have here. But I really wanted to take a minute, Dave, to, to, to mention my guy, Luke Jennings, who, who hosts the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast 
and the uh, the Monday Night Project. Two really good podcasts that I really wish everyone would listen to. They're quick listens. I mean, he doesn't do long shows. I mean, they're weekly, so they range between like forty five minutes and maybe an hour and five minutes. About the length. If you if you're a fan of the if you listen to the NWA Saturday Special every week, same length. It it it's not a long pod. It goes between forty five minutes and like an hour and five minutes, and they're really good. And again, please follow us on Twitter uh, at PTBN Wrestling. Um, you know, again, I have a lot of fun with, um, you know, with the, uh, um, with, uh, the, the time travel and obviously you can get the pods through the, through the, through the feed. So, um, through the, the, the Twitter feed. So those are some of the things I wanted to bring up. Anything, Dave, uh, you know, you want to, you want to throw out there before we move on? I think, I think you, you, you've covered all the key ones. Um, I, I already already plugged earlier on um, uh, Cronoso, which uh, was monthly and is now fortnightly. So that's over on the North-South uh, Connection Network. So, uh, you know, check that out. Um, let's move to fortnightly now. So that, that's exciting. We've got, a, yes. we've got um, a great episode coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, we've just uh, – we've got um, – it'll be – um, a Saturday night's main event and a bit of an overview of some uh, some television and uh, house show uh, happenings in in mid '88 in the build to both WrestleFest and SummerSlam. So that that's all on on the horizon. But uh, yeah, check all that out. So, but um, no, it's 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 all good. There's a lot of lot of good stuff. You can check everything out. It's all it's there's something for every every level of fandom. Every every uh type of uh every company every era there's something for you so so find what you like and uh and, and listen to what you want we, we encourage you to listen to as much as you can so yes i agree all righty well let's uh let's just shift let's shift directions now as to before we finish up today and uh and 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 you, you mentioned it at the, earlier on in the show and, and we want to look at Something, something that's probably never been – I don't normally hear it talked about not, and, and considered, and when you threw out this idea, I thought it was a fantastic thought. We said at the start of the show what an impact the the creation of the NWO had on on WCW, the, 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 the heel turn of Hulk Hogan, the shifting direction, um, and the impact it had on the, on the industry as a whole. But what things have looked like? Primarily in WCW, where would things have gone? What might things have looked like if the NWO wasn't created? If Hulk Hogan didn't turn heel? If if there was no NWO? And 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 I preface that because because as Scott will share in a moment, there is there is certainly uh, something we need to understand was was going to happen regardless. So what might what might the the landscape of WCW had looked like if the NWO was not formed? So Scott, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking, and and obviously the the as we said there there's something that was going to happen regardless. So, so just talk us through talk us through that and get us started. Well, one thing that needs to be one thing that needs to be remembered is that. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were going to WCW regardless. One thing has nothing to do with the other. There was no th- concept of the NWO when they left to go to WCW in May of 96. They were leaving the WWF because they wanted more money and less less work. And they got both. Um, 
they weren't they weren't told, hey, if you leave Vince and come to me, you're going to get pitched the greatest faction storyline. You guys are going to become, you know, that's not what it was. It was, hey, you want we, we need your star power. What do you want? Uh, I want to work less and get paid more. All right, that's fine. That's what it was all about. The NWO stuff came later. So I think that had they just done that, what probably would have happened was I think you would have seen let we'll start with WCW first and then and then it ripples, but I think you would have seen a Kevin Nash Hulk Hogan feud where Hulk Hogan would have probably stayed the babyface mm. and Nash would have been like, So I just came from the WWF and I saved that company from you because you're a piece of crap. And um, you know, I was a world champion for a year because I was um uh you know, I saved that company from bankruptcy, which obviously was a lie, because because they were still in the shitter when he left. Mm. Um, because I, um, I was a bigger star than you, and now I've come here to WCW because I'm a bigger star here too. No one cares about you, and this whole thing. And then I think I think. I think they wouldn't I don't think we would have seen I don't think we would have seen a um I don't know if we would have seen Piper or any of that happen at the tail end of 96. No. I don't. I don't know. That would have been interesting. The whole storyline with like the horsemen and Flair and Savage and Flair spending Savage's money and all that. Like, that that, that storyline was dumb. And the Giant was the world champion. Let's not forget that. Um, well, I picture, I picture Nash and Hall, whether they come in as a unit, whether they just come in individually. I, I picture the starting point probably being gunning for the, gunning for the title. I think they're going to gun for the title first, and whether whether Nash, and I say Nash probably because he came in as the slightly uh, bigger player um, and can match up a little bit more with with Giant. Whether Nash takes the title from Giant or not to to set up this angle, like he could, I, I picture it. You know, he 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 takes the title from from Giant. And then Hogan makes his return, and what you get then, I'm what you just said. I'm I'm bigger. I'm bigger than you. I came. I won the belt there. I've come here. I won the belt here. I'm bigger than you. I'm. I'm. People care about me. They don't care about you anymore. Um. And then, you know, and then and then you can move that direction that you were going. A, a Nash versus Hall, Hogan. Uh, Hogan battle for the title. Um. But does it does it just play out the way the rest of the history of WCW had been playing it before? Does does it just result in another Hogan tepid babyface world championship run? Yeah, and would we've already seen that through the first 
you know, a couple of years, you know, since he arrived in May of 94, we've spent two years with him as champion. And what did we really get out of it? Yeah, some average title matches and, you know, average, some really bad matches. And just, I feel like, I feel like maybe this, the mid card would have grown a bit. I think, I think if there wasn't this giant heel faction that everybody wanted to join because they were kicking the crap out of everybody, that um, a a Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, Jericho, Ray, those guys, I think, would have seen some more light at the end of the tunnel. I still think a DDP sav a DDP would have grown. Mm. Um, the tag division was still good. I feel like those things still would have happened, but. I feel like WCW would have just kept doing its thing and doing its thing, and there wouldn't have been anything special. There's no, I, there's no focus. Like there, there, there was something about the NWO that created a focal, a focal point that everything started to work around. And and without that, like you said, Nash, Nash is doing his thing. Hall is maybe Hall is battling the Horseman, or maybe he's battling Sting and Luger. You know, maybe you know, doing doing they're doing the usual things that we see all the time. New guy comes in, if they come in as a heel, they find the baby face that they're gonna that they're gonna um, try to make their name off. The Stings, the Lugers, the Savages, and the Hogans. And if they come in as a baby face, they they find the heel that they're trying to save people from. You know, whether it be the Horsemen or or, or giant or whoever, um, but it just becomes another played out, um, same old, same old. Right. And I mean, maybe Sting eventually becomes the face of the company that he deserves to be. Um, maybe there is some type of a faction that comes from it. I don't know. But here's the other thing. If. Now we now we go outside the box here, Dave. So follow me here. If WCW kind of stays with the same, you know, thing that they had uh, going on, the WWF would not have felt so rushed to have to change the way they do things. And I feel like. If the attitude era, if there was never an attitude era, now this might be a whole different show, Dave, that we may have to yeah. go down. What if, what if the attitude era never happened? But let's let's just quickly gla- let's just quickly glaze on it because it it um, it's worth noting that if the tone and the structure of WWF does not change. Because WCW doesn't change. Is Brett the guy that Vince stays with? And Sean decides, I don't want to be here anymore. I can't stand this guy. And clearly, you still want to do cartoony, gimmicky junk. And I guess I'm going to have to get out of here. And maybe he does eventually go to WCW. And maybe the click is formed. Or is Sean stuck because he knows that Hogan and and Hall, uh, Nash and Hall would have to gain some sort of cachet with the company so Sean could be protected from whatever, if you know what I mean. So 
if the if the if the tone and the culture in the WWF doesn't change to the Attitude Era, does Vince decide I will stick around with Brett and just renegotiate his deal? I I uh, yeah look that's that's a that's a good well would would he have even needed to renegotiate the deal anywhere near what it was? I mean part of the right. issue and, and and part of the issue is without the NWO you don't get. I don't think you get – I think the reality is you don't get the interest in WCW that it garnered. It's, 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 it's clear and obvious that the NWO resulted in a growth in, in, in viewers and, and, it, and it led to a growth in, in attendance at, at, at events. Um, prior to that, they were – they will, you know, treading water. And, and if you if you listen to to shows like um, like uh, uh, is it the War Zone um, over on North South Connections, uh, JT and and Chad sort of reviewing that they're going through that time period prior to prior to you know the arrival of Hall and Nash and the build to 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 where they went with the NWI, the company was just what they were putting on wasn't wasn't enticing it wasn't great television they changed the television presentation a little bit by putting on marquee matches on television and wwf had counted their programming accordingly but how long could they have maintained what they did how how many times can you see sting meet flair even bringing in hall and nash there's two new two new players who are going to get TV time. If they're if they're coming in as just two guys, like I said, does you know does one come in? You know, do, you know Nash maybe comes in as a heel, Hall maybe comes in as 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 a babyface. So they've got one of each so that they can battle different sides of the of the roster. Um, but you know, how often you, do you do you just keep working through those same matches over and over again? And are you going to get the interest in in um, in the in the pay per view? pay-per-views to, to make them worth buying. The, the, the flow-on effect is without that burgeoning interest in WCW, does do people want to leave WWF? Does, you know, Bret Hart's contract runs out, but is there, uh, is there any world where a, a jump to WCW is viable enough that it forces Vince to have to offer a contract that he – you know, comes to later say he couldn't afford, and if it hadn't been for the rise of Austin, you know, might have it wouldn't have been possible. He had to, he had to, you know, get out of the contract. Um, I, I think that you know, without the pressure of the NWO, I think Vince continues with what always worked for him: um, the gimmicks, the the you know the guys getting their moment yeah he may have he may have still had issues with with Sean and and Brett that may have very well have happened but you know do do they get where they're going the the only the only potential turnabout that WWF had was Steve Austin's rise I don't think you can put down to the NWO necessarily. Uh, I say that because it all sort of happened around the same time period. The, you know, King of the Ring 
mm-hmm. and um, King of the Ring 96 and Bash at the Beach 96. They're almost contemporary shows. Right. Um, Hall, and, Hall and Nash had showed up and there was some, you know, oh, this is different. But you, you hadn't had the third man yet and the, and the development of the NWO. And, and then you've got, over in WWF, Austin cut that promo. And that promo went a long way to changing things for him. I, I think that Austin's career trajectory may very well have followed a similar line, but does does either company ever hit the heights that they did without the without the growth of the NWO? Um, you know, it it, it, it was yep. it, they they go hand in hand, and it's it's something that. It's very hard to it's very hard to picture a world without them. It is so hard to picture either company without you know the impact of what the NWO brought. Uh, I think Vince just stuck with what he knows because I don't I think without the NWO, WCW don't move into the number one position long term. They might have battles back and forth, and then it just comes down to what creative does. And the Austin the Austin build may have just allowed Vince to go. I don't need to change. I don't. I can just keep doing what what I was doing, and and so does it ever really reach the heights that it that it would? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. And if the the WWF doesn't change, what happens like in '97? You know, maybe to continue seeing it expand here. Then we see maybe ECW gain an even bigger following, mm. and maybe I don't know about I don't know about WCW because Bischoff fucking hated Paul Heyman, but maybe Vince keeps kind of funding them a little a little scratch, almost make it like a second entity, and maybe they run bigger shows, and maybe WCW uh, ECW lasts a little longer. I think maybe they both last, and we talk we did we and for those that that are new to the show, welcome. I meant, to, I meant to do that in the beginning. Uh, we did do an episode about what would happen if WCW didn't go out of business. So that's kind of a good piggyback with this episode. So when this episode's finished, why don't you, well, check them all out. But that one specific is it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about tonight. Does it ripple if there's no NWO? If WCW kind of stays in its same path, do does WCW and the WWF just kind of make money and kind of go along and – Maybe there's more hopping back and forth, and I don't well, know. Well, therein lies the question. Do they make money? Because WCW had never made money. Nope. Um, Bischoff is on record as saying it was only in 97 where they turned a profit for the first time um, when he was when he was in charge. I mean, WCW had not been making money. They 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 had – and if you look, where, where things were in May 97, before National Hall come in, who's at the top of the card? Hogan and Savage, who've been there for a couple of years now, Luger, Sting, the Steiners, Ric Flair, guys who've been in, in the company since the, the 80s, the late 80s. You know, you've got this, this roster that hadn't really changed a lot over the years. And so, you know, you're just getting – you've got the, the, the old school WCW guys who've been there for years – and then you've got Hogan and his crew that have come in 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 '94, and yeah, you know, so this old WWF look to it, and they've just been 
been mixing and matching together for for a couple of years, and it it really wasn't garnering any interest. There'd be no desire. Why would anyone want to jump to that? You, you might go there to make a little bit of money, but you know, would would Turner would the Turner company and and you know, there, there's a question for another. Would they have kept if if WCW didn't start making money in '97? Would they have lasted as long as they did? Would they have hit the point where that those those executives that were trying to kill WCW year after year, would they have got their way to the fact that it's not generating um, money? It's not making mm. it worth their while. And then, right. hope, and, and then look, it, the, the beneficiary of all this would be, I think, ECW. ECW, I think, continuing on their path, just that underground movement, that third tier if if there's no if NWA doesn't happen, you don't get the I don't think you get the balloon payments that that come with it. I don't think you get the boom for those for WF and WCW that results in them needing to fork out more and more money. The beneficiary of that is ECW, who don't have to raise their contracts to try and match or to try and keep anyone. And so they can play with a smaller string budget for a lot longer than they do. Maybe they last a few more years. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they don't. I mean, ECW always struggled to, to turn a profit too. Maybe maybe they don't, but, you know, they, they might have had that. And, and maybe a few other guys go to ECW just to because of the creative freedom and the creative uh, benefits that came from working with Paul Heyman. Maybe they go, I want to go and work for Paul. Maybe some of these guys who, that these Paul Heyman guys that 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 you know that 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 were that sort of are out there. Maybe they're going. I've done my stint in WCW. Now I'm going to go and have a spell in ECW and and do my thing there and 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 ply my trade for a while rather than sit on these contracts that might not have come about. My mute was, for some reason, not working there. Sorry. <laughs> I was talking for a few minutes. I'm like, why is anybody? Oh, wait a minute. Let me get backtrack. So, fiscally, fiscally, because that's ultimately what it comes down to. WCW made a ton of money on sponsorships and such um, that. They, that stuff would never have come. I mean, they yeah, they would have had like you know slim, you know maybe, maybe Savage still would have had Slim Jim and that kind of thing. But and WF had their sponsorships, but that would have lasted them here and there, and and they probably could have stayed above water. But I I have to tell you, maybe you're you're quite right, Dave. Maybe WCW doesn't last all the way to 2001 if they don't get that boost of the NWO through the mainstream. WWF would have coasted because they had so many built-in deals with mm. USA, and yeah. they would have been all right. I think they would have weathered the storm. Maybe with Stone Cold and his emergence, regardless of the NWO, the WWF may have gone a little sharper, but maybe not as sharp. Mm. Let's think about that for, for a second, not to go off the path, but... Stone Cold was already emerging as a, as, as a presence. 
in the company. Yes. And obviously the way he acted, even in 96, was very different than any other creative character in WWF. Mm. So even without the NWO kind of battling him in that department, I still think the WWF would have had a minor, for lack of a better term, attitude change. But I don't think they would have gone so far over the deep end that um, that uh, you you wouldn't have got Sable flashing abreasts. You wouldn't have got. Nope. You wouldn't nope. have got DX crotch chopping. You wouldn't have had any of any of that. I think you would have had a couple of characters that mimicked Austin, but Austin would have been a unique character, unique in the business, and and probably that's what 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 made what was so appealing to him uh, for fans when he first when when that promo happened at King of the Ring. He he wasn't appealing. He was a unique character. Now, right. as as the NWO developed, you had this comparison. You've got Hall and Nash, and you know Hogan was a bit over the top, but Hall and Nash were playing that very, you know, sort of that cutting edge character, and Austin was playing a cutting edge character, um, and that allowed, I think, that allowed the 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 like we said, the growth in, in WCW, and, and they played off each other. I yep. think without that happening on the other side, you've still got this cutting edge character in Austin, and and he would have. I think he still would have grown. He would have, he would have he would have garnered some attention, and it would have brought about maybe a couple of extra cutting edge characters. You know, Vince going, oh, it worked there. Why don't we try that with this guy or that with that guy? Maybe very well still got the uh, the the Hart Foundation concept and and bad guys in Canada and good guys elsewhere. But in the long run, those storylines play out, and then you've got to you go back to what you know. And, and I yep. think that's where that's where the, the difference lay is that Vince Vince would have utilized it and developed it. Austin probably still becomes a key player. Um and but then the a lot of the rest of the company falls into what what is Vince's bread and butter. So, you know, and 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 the basic storytelling that 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 had worked for him for, for generations. Exactly. And I don't know if he would have had the wherewithal to be told by a Sean or a whatever that I need to um, I need to expand the tone of the company and do the things I'm scared to do. I don't think Vince was big about flashing boobs and all that kind of stuff. No. Everybody seems to think that. I don't think he did at all. Now well, the, he was the, lucky. the talk was the talk was that when when Michaels first did a couple of the the the, the build up to the the creation of DX that the chops and the 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 you know the questionable interviews McMahon was not happy with him Vince was Vince would pull him aside and tell him off and you know he didn't want that so right. Yeah. And without the NWO, we I I think the the development of the NWO allowed Vince to be maybe more tolerant towards it because he saw it working elsewhere. And it could work, but if that's not happening elsewhere, Vince is probably just gonna you can't say that, you can't do that. Um yeah, and I think uh 
I think this is a good topic. I think this might be a good topic for a future episode. We we flip the switch and go, what if there's no Attitude Era? What if Vince keeps things very tame? I'm not saying we, we go back to Doink or, you know, <laughs> uh, or Duke the Dumpster. I'm not saying that. Because I do think Stone Cold would give the company a, a bit of an edge. And I think the company would have still had to evolve. But would it have gone at a much slower pace? I think that's the question. But again, that's another that's another topic for another day. So think about it, everybody. Think about the the global ramifications of no NWO. How far does WCW go without that mainstream scratch? Does the powers that be, the the, the Turner brokers, remember the A, we're not getting rid of the AOL Time Warner deal. That still happens, and they hated mm. wrestling regardless of who was what the storylines were. Would they have survived anyway without that mainstream money? How does the WWF uh, react or evolve in 1996, 1997 if they don't have as big of a threat from WCW? And what about ECW? And do we get a TNA? Do we get a Ring of Honor? Do they even happen? See, everyone thinks, oh, you know, NWO, the WCW would just keep doing its thing and that's fine. No, that... Folks, the ramifications of not having the NWO go far beyond just WCW. Think about that. And down the line, I think Dave and I will have multiple, we'll, go, we'll do multiple episodes of the ripple effect of this. Because there's more to go on this, Dave. But we would, yeah. we'd, be here till, we'd be here till straight through August if we'll we kept going next, down we'll be, there. We'll so. be here to July next year. Exactly. Yes, exactly. We would last as long as WCW ended up being. Um, so folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, this was very, um, mind bending. One of the more mind bending mm-hmm. episodes Dave and I have had. Think about it. No NWO. Or what if Sting is calling the shots? Is it more emotional? Does it, is it more raw nerves for the fans than an interloper like Hogan? Think about that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Dave, where can everyone find you? Um, yeah, as always, just um, you can reach out to me uh, through Facebook. Um, you can find me lurking the, the, the various pages, Dave Hall. Um, feel free to send me a, a PM and, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, touch base, chat about, about what's going on and, um, you know, reach out to us through the, uh, the various Facebook posts um, for the show and um, love to hear your comments and your feedback. What about you, Scott? Where can people find you? Well, of course, you can find my personal Twitter, which is at Scott C. Podfather, which uh, at, at Scott C. Podfather. Yes, I almost forgot it. Uh, but but particularly, please follow the brand at PTBN Wrestling. Uh, we don't have a threads yet. I don't know if I'm going to do a threads. We'll see. Um, a threads is an extension of Instagram, and we don't really do much of an Instagram presence. So we'll have to wait and see. But whether you love Elon Musk or not, follow the, the Twitter brand. At uh, at PTBN Wrestling because we do so much there. We do the wrestling time travel. We do the um, we, we post the pods. I occasionally do polls. We have a good time over there. So uh, of course uh, every day, almost every day, we're posting something new. Um, again, I, I I implore you to listen to Luke Jennings' two shows here on the network feed, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast that drops every Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. And the Monday Night Project, which drops every 
Monday morning at 9 a.m., although occasionally it'll drop at noon if there's no episode of the Place to Be podcast. But it drops on Mondays. Just remember that. So have a wonderful rest of your July, everybody. Dave and I will be back in August. Maybe we'll do the best of Road Wild. No. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, that that is, of course, SummerSlam month. So we did a fun SummerSlam-themed uh, episode a year ago. Check that out. And we'll maybe we'll think of something different. Uh, who knows? Anyway, for Dave, I am Scott. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And we will see you in August through the looking glass. Thank <laughs> you.